For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome to episode 266 of Blue Horvist. I'm your host, Horace Burkhart. And I'm your host, Will Whitten. And Not to be confused with Will Wheaton. <laughs> yeah, right? You'd be surprised. It's happened um, more than once. And I just got to say, Will Whitten, way cooler than Will Wheaton. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. He's got cooler stuff going on. But, uh, I, I disagree. I think wow. you got him beat in every category. I, I That's why you and I are buddies. Yeah, I man. appreciate it. I got your back for in the will versus will. For for one, doesn't he spell his name with only one L? He's only got one L. Dumb. Sorry. If we got a listener that, that spells their their name as Will and you spell it with one L, I'm sorry, but that's silly. Slap that other L on there, buddy. It's just, you know. I, in some people, it may be like a, an overseas thing. It may be a more British or Australian thing for Will to be with one L. That's the only time I've ever seen it, but granted, but I'm, I'm not like a... I'm the Will with the two L's. Name scientist. A nameologist. <laughs> a nameologist. Um, secondly, Will Wheaton. Questionable questionable taste in friends you know oh. uh i completely agree i i, I don't want to you know I, just not a fan just gonna put it out there not a fan wesley crusher go fuck yourself anyways <laughs> i wasn't gonna go there i may be a little fucking sourpuss tonight because i thought we were gonna talk about a mandalorian trailer this week a little and, salty and it ain't happened yet and knowing, knowing our luck, Will, that shit will be out at like 8 in the morning tomorrow on Friday, the 28th. If it is, I bet Will Wheaton's already seen it. Bastard. You're not helping, the, <laughs> you're not helping his case. He's got the connects. Uh, probably it, so. It would be like we talked about last week. You know, like, 
if it comes out on a Friday. A Friday makes sense for the drop. You know what I mean? Like, it's the last day of the week. It's the party day. Yeah. And what is party day in our current, you know? Right. And, you know, given that this week would have been Star Wars Celebration, which is another reason I'm, I'm a little more sour than usual. I should be in California right now going to shops that don't exist around here and hanging out with Star Wars folks and looking at Star Wars shit, being excited about Star Wars. But instead, you know, I'm trying to avoid a deadly fucking virus. Yep. You know? So... Uh, but considering that this week wa- would have been celebration, um, I kind of figure that the big, the two big panels, uh, you got to guess, would have been the 40th anniversary and um, the Mandalorian panel, and those probably would have been Friday and Saturday mornings. So, you know, if they're trying to line it up to when they would have revealed it. I guess Friday makes kind of sense. Maybe it'll even be Saturday. All I know is it didn't happen in time for us to talk about this week, and that sucks. But it's a damn shame. We do have some... Maybe uh, some, next week. Yeah, maybe next week. We do have some stuff to talk about, though. It's not completely barren. Um, Gamescom, uh, which is like another big uh, gaming press event. You know, you got... I would guess you would say E3 and then Gamescom are two of the biggest, if not the two biggest. Um, it's going on this week, you know, virtually, digitally. There's not an actual convention going on. <clears throat> but we got some uh, cool Star Wars announcements out of their sort of opening night event today. So we'll talk about those and uh, we'll hear from you guys, our wonderful moisture farmers. Before we get to that, though, I got a little bit of business to give you guys. The business. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram at Blue Harvest Pod. And you can email us at blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. We have a Patreon. If you guys uh, enjoy the podcast enough that you want to support us with a couple of bucks a month, um, We have three tiers available. The lowest tier, the $3 tier, gets you access to the exclusive RSS feed where we post all of our bonus podcast content, uh, including Star Wars Year by Podcast, which will be going up very soon, a new episode. Steele and I recorded a long one yesterday, damn near three hours, I think. Um, And he's going to be doing a special YouTube premiere this weekend over at the Steel Wars YouTube channel. Uh, it'll be the enhanced version of the episode where he goes and he edits in like a lot of funny images and stuff oh, nice. that reference what we're talking about. Yeah, he's putting together quite the uh, lineup of stuff to sort of uh, ease the pain of no celebration happening. So you can check out the newest episode, episode 20 of Star Wars Year by Podcast. On YouTube, it'll also be available on the regular podcast feed and the Patreon feed. And you can also um, check out all kinds of other stuff he's got going on over there. Um, uh, today, analgesic content from he, pain relieving. Nice. He, um, he put up a episode with Corey, our buddy Corey from Kessel Run nice. Transmissions today. Uh, there was a little bit of a slip up, Will. Let me, let me tell you about this. 
Um, so he and Corey were going over the Star Wars Celebration exclusive merch that they're going to be putting on sale tomorrow. You know, the stuff that would have been available to purchase at Celebration had it happened. Mm-hmm. And they're going over it, and he says, um, me and Halls were taking a look at this yesterday, but if you turn on the auto-generated subtitles on YouTube, it says, me and Whores Ooh. were taking a look at this yesterday. I mean, same thing. Hey, man. <laughs> I just had your back against a z-list former star trek actor (laughs) a z-list celebrity and you can't get my back against a fucking ai that can't figure out my name i mean look man i know you're worried about skynet but i think they'd let this one instance slide it's not like the robots are in your butt well if you let me pay you money for it Anyways, uh, you can check that out at patreon.com slash Blue Harvest Podcast. And a big shout out to all of our patrons. We really appreciate you guys. And um, we'll have some more cool stuff going up there very shortly. Um, You know, lots of things in the works. Lots of stuff I need to get to get it up there on the Patreon. So, buddy, we love Star Wars. Here at Blue Harvest, we love some Star Wars. What else is something we love? Uh, we love video games and movies. Video games and movies. And what do we love when they push a smoosh the two together? A smoosh. Um, trailers? Star Wars and video games. That's right. And we actually got some uh, some cool stuff today related to Star Wars video games. Like I said earlier, Gamescom is going on. They they did a digital opening night live event on YouTube uh, this morning. And I watched it, and it was a cringy. Was it really? Yeah, man. Uh, Yeah, it was a little cringy in parts. Why? Why? It's just the presentation, you know. Um, It didn't help that besides the star wars stuff and maybe a couple of other games there wasn't a ton that i was super interested in you know they spend a lot of time on the new call of duty they spent uh, way too much time showing a cinematic for the new world of warcraft expansion you know peace and love to world of warcraft but oh my god are they still expanding that oh man i mean what that that game makes them quite a bit of money so i mean i knew they had I guess the last I knew it was they were coming out with vanilla. Wow, mm-hmm. I didn't realize. Oh yeah, it just was because still more expansion. Like I, I mean, I assumed people were still playing it. But oh yeah, I know you got to keep it fresh. Yeah, I mean, I they seemingly are on a pretty steady schedule of an expansion every year or two. I think. Um. But besides, like I said, there was a game called uh, Chorus that looks really cool that's like a space flight type game that's coming mm-hmm. out i think sometime next year on like the next generation consoles and pc it looked cool and the star wars stuff looked cool but other than that there was nothing that got me super excited you know lots of stuff we'd kind of seen before 
But we're here to talk about the Star Wars stuff, and I guess we'll kick it off with um, Squadrons. They showed us a, a little bit of a clip of the campaign from Squadrons. Uh, I wouldn't say that we saw anything um, super surprising in this. The two biggest things is we got some of the like um, cutscenes from the game. So we got to see Admiral Ray Sloan, who's a character from the books that a lot that seems to have like a pretty passionate fan base. She's like a lady who's a um, admiral in the Empire, I believe. Okay. She's Admiral Sloan. And then we also got to see Wedge in the Rebellion side of the campaign because you know the whole campaign is split you playing in the empire and the rebellion um but just you know a sort of a brief look at some of the campaign missions and things like that giving you sort of a basic idea of what the vibe and overall story is going to be um <clears throat> we've talked about it before but it seems like it's going to be mainly focused about around the empire trying to destroy the shipyards that the Re the new republic is using to construct their new uh, Starhawk? I think that's what they're called. It's like their new capital ships. I think okay. I got the name right. But it looks cool. I mean, we're only... It sounds like a Battlestar Galactica thing. Not to try to take it back there, but like Starhawk. Yeah, it kind of does. Um, the whole thing looks cool. I mean, I'm very excited for Squadrons. We're not that far away. You know, it comes out October 2nd. I was already sold on the game. So they didn't really have to show me much, you know what I mean, to to get my excitement levels up. <clears throat> um, really looking forward to that. Uh, next up that we'll talk about is Lego Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga, um, which looks amazing, by the way. Yeah, they put out a nice gameplay trailer for it, and I was pleasantly surprised how stoked I was on that game after seeing the gameplay trailer. Because as far as I can remember, I haven't seen any gameplay from that game, just the sort of cinematic trailer that they released last year to announce the game. Um, now, what sucks is that game was originally scheduled for October of this year, and it's been pushed back to spring of next year. So there's a slight delay in the game. Not the biggest deal. Also makes a lot of sense considering we're getting squadrons in October and the Mandalorian season two in October. It wouldn't make a lot of sense to release another Star Wars game that close to squadrons and have it get sort of lost in the mix. You know, right. you put them out five, six months apart, then both get their time to shine. So I imagine what that's what that's all about. The trailer I, looked really cool, though. What did you? That's think? what I was going to say. The trailer, the the things that stuck out to me were, um, you know, basically like retelling the story all the way from the prequel through the saga trilogy. I mean, the prequel trilogy through the um, le uh, uh, sequel trilogy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, you know, I don't know how many times they've repackaged, 
you know, the Star Wars original trilogy Lego games and the prequel right. games. But this is not that. This is a completely... They're completely new. Yeah. And that's what I was noticing and really appreciating. Also, um, <clears throat> the vehicular space combat mm-hmm. looks amazing. Yeah. For like a Lego Star Wars game. Doesn't seem... You know, because sometimes the Lego stuff can be uh, cutesy, slapsticky, humorous. And there is that element in there. But the reverence on the space combat is very clear, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it looks like it'll be solid. And they show a clip of like the pod race, and that looks right. solid too. Um, so I feel like there's a lot of cool opportunities for them to do some stuff. And it does look like they're taking a bit of a different approach. It's almost got like, um, I don't know how to describe it, maybe like a third person shooter perspective the character the camera seems to follow the characters a little more behind the back and over their shoulder than yeah. in previous uh lego games which i think is a cool approach i do too because sometimes i can remember playing the other ones it might have been a little bit different difficult navigating some of the levels just because it was sometimes side scrolling sometimes 3d yeah um, and and they got a lot better with those licensed Lego games as they went on, as far as that's concerned, for sure. Like, I didn't really have any problems with the Lego Force Awakens, which is the last Star Wars one they did. That one was pretty tight, but going from that one to the older ones, I absolutely see what you're talking about. Yeah. Like, the perspective can be a little weird sometimes. Yeah. <clears throat> um, And they also announced... Uh, that it'll be coming to next generation consoles as well as the new or as the the current generation. So, you know, Xbox One, PlayStation 4, Xbox Series X, PlayStation 5, PC, I believe Switch as well. It's basically coming out on just about anything, it seems like. Stadia, that <laughs> roaring success of a platform. The Stadia. Um. And they also announced a couple of different editions. You can get, you know, your regular um, release edition. There's a deluxe edition that's coming out. And with that, you get an exclusive minifigure, which is a blue milk uh, Luke Skywalker with like a blue milk mustache and a little oh, couple nice. of blue, blue I milk. I saw that. I saw that uh, little clip in the trailer. Yeah. And then um, it's also going to come with several sets of DLC. So like a pack for The Mandalorian, a DLC pack for Rogue One, and a DLC pack featuring The Bad Batch. Um, and I've seen some that people... That will be neat. Yeah, and I've seen some people, um, including our buddy Corey and Noah from Castle Run Transmission... They were sort of hinting at and maybe saying that they're hearing that the Bad Batch is going to premiere in spring of 2021, which would put, you know, that DLC pack with those characters in it coming out around the same time of the show, which would make a lot of sense. Yeah, that makes sense. So I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> and, and, you know, it also makes sense that it would kind of line up with the release of the first season of Mandalorian and the last season of Clone Wars. You know, Mandalorian wrapped up in December and then Clone Wars started, what, February? 
I think, towards the end of February, middle or end of February. I honestly don't remember, but that, that sounds about correct. Uh, and I could imagine them taking a similar approach for Mandalorian Season 2 and The Bad Batch. But, yeah, I mean, I, I was going to check out the new Lego game regardless, but this just gets me even more stoked for it. Oh, you know what else? Um, shit, I can't remember the game. Maybe it's 12 seconds or some shit like that. But they announced during Game Con- Gamescom that Daisy Ridley's going to be in a video game. Huh. A Star Wars video game? No, no. It is okay. a... Um, it's a uh, an indie title that looks real... 12 minutes. Um, that makes sense. I mean, she's really into doing like different stuff these days. Like she did... Murder on the Orient Express. Mm -hmm. And 12 Minutes is a game that I've been kind of interested in for a little while. The last time we saw a trailer for it made it look really cool. It's hard to explain sort of the visual style, but imagine you're looking down in an apartment from above, like looking through the ceiling, and that's the view you have of this apartment. And the whole game takes place in the same 12-minute loop where there's like a a mystery or a murder or something and the main character can replay that 12 minute loop as he tries to solve what's going on and they announced today that daisy ridley uh james mcavoy and william willem defoe are um all part of the cast i just think willem defoe is an incredible actor he is an incredible actor but man, he freaks me the fuck out. Really? Why? I don't know, man. There's something about that green goblin smile. Like, I imagine if I walked out of a, an establishment late at night and and Willem Dafoe was just standing in the alley smiling, that, like, I'd probably just have an instant heart attack. <laughs> oh, probably. Like, I don't I know. I think of his... I need to watch The Lighthouse, you know, because I hear that's really good. But um, I think of his character in uh, Boondock Saints just losing it, like when he can't figure out the... Uh, it's been a while since I've seen it. There so, was a firefight! Yeah, yeah, he just fucking loses it. Like, and it's good. Um, I used to quote that all the time. Goodbye, Spider-Man. This one time, it was when... Incredible Osborne. It's when uh, we lived together here in Birmingham with our buddy Josh. You guys were at work one night, and I was dicking around on Netflix trying to find something to watch. And I watched this movie. I think it's two parts. And I watched the first part that was... uh, And it's got Willem Dafoe in it. And it's called uh, Antichrist. Okay. Mistakes were made, my dude. Ooh. Not my jam. Scary or just not a good movie? Um, I wouldn't say yes to either of those. Just not my... Very weird. Like, the movie starts and there was like a full-on 
it, it was supposed to be Willem Dafoe having sex in a shower, right? It was in black and white. And I'm pretty sure they used a body double. But regardless, there was a full-on close-up of, like... The dingus? Intercourse. Full-on intercourse. Oh, oh. With the, an art house piece, huh? <laughs> Something. <laughs> a piece, indeed. That's how you, uh, that's how they, uh, I guess that's how they describe the show and the actual act in a cinematic that's not a pornography. It was, uh, it sure was something. And, and I still stuck with it, even though I was like, did I just see William Defoe's dick? Probably not. His, Probably not. His yes. characters. Somebody, uh, something tells me they brought in a body double. Something telling me I, the Green Goblin wasn't like. I always think of that scene in Friends where Joey goes for the casting and like it's for an uncircumcised guy and they have to they have all these different things that they try to wrap him up in to make him look like it's like a piece of ham or something one's a piece of clay. I uh <coughs> haven't seen that. So There you go. You are uh, missing out on a funny episode of Friends. I don't know that I've ever seen a full episode of Friends. Oh my goodness, Haas. Yeah, it's just one of those things that kind of missed me. Not because I'm taking some fucking holier-than-thou stance against friends. You know, I'm not the dude that... I'm clearly not the dude that's too cool for things, right? Right. So it's not like I'm too cool for friends like some people are too cool for Star Wars. Who are like, I'm cinema verte. I'm (laughs) too cool for Star Wars. That's not me. So it's not. that's not the stance I'm taking. I'll be the first to admit some of the episodes of friends don't hold up as well in the modern era, but, um, it's funny. It was a funny show. You know, it was a show of its time. Did you watch Seinfeld? No. Once again, that's another thing I never watched a ton of and like, man, steel is going to kill me for that. Cause that's like his a number one show. He's got a cat named Seinfeld Jerry. Seinfeld is good too. That's like pre those are premium television from the nineties. Yeah, you know what it was? <clears throat> when both of those shows were on were when I was a kid that didn't have my own TV, right? Yeah. And I was at the mercy of whatever my parents wanted to watch. And for some reason, my mom never turned the channel off of CBS. She was a CBS and CBS only lady. We Did she own- have a crush on one of the anchors, like Dan Rather or Tom Brokaw? I don't even think it was that so much as it was just, why bother changing the channel? And like, That's I- quality programming. What else could you want to watch? Yeah. Watched a lot of stuff on CBS. Becker. Jag. Oh, Becker. Jag was good. My dad was, you know, a big Star Trek guy. So Deep Space Nine came on CBS, so we watched that, like, all CBS all the time, man. I was like, can we please, can we change it to ABC or NBC just once? Like, there's got to be stuff on there that's better than this. CBS is the big I, right? The I? Mm Mm-hmm. NBC's the Peacock. And I don't know what ABC is. They're the one that Disney owns, right? Yeah. Um, They're the mouse ears. So, uh, speaking of cool casting of sequel trilogy actors, another thing was announced today, and that is Kelly Marie Tran 
has been cast as the lead in a Disney animated uh, movie called Raya and the Last Dragon. It's about time Kelly Marie Tran got some other work. Yeah, I mean, she's been doing I'm some sure stuff. I'm sure she's been doing other yeah. stuff, you know, but like nothing I've seen. Um, but having kids, I know I'm going to see that. Oh, yeah, I'm sure I'll check it out. Like, I'm a sucker for a nice CG animated movie, and it's it's um going to feature Kelly Marie Tran, and there's dragons. And, so. and like, Disney is quality programming, and I, I, I guess I'm a shill, whatever, but, like, I can trust that when I turn on a Disney movie, I'm not having to watch for the parts that I need to cover my kid's eyes for or explain does yeah. that make sense? Like, yeah, I can well, relax a little bit. And this is the thing. I don't want to say wholesome, but... You like, are a, a Disney family, like, from the get-go, right? Like, oh, your dad yeah. I'm is, like a second, third-generation Disney family. Yeah, man. Like, you you were born, died-in-the-wool Disney fan. You're talking about a kid who can sing most Disney songs from memory, and like, without having to look at any of the lyrics. Well before angry dudes on the internet getting all angry and red in the face and their fucking veins in their forehead and neck are popping out and thought, you know what I'm talking about? I'm so angry. Yeah. Um, long before they were calling people shills and shit. So like, and like, and I get <coughs> the, the angle of the people that are like, you know, they just want to, you know, you don't know the secret world of Disney where they're talking about the good children take off their clothes and the penis and little mermaid. I'm like, and the porno and the rescuers, like whatever, dude. Look, there are always shitheads trying to slip something in under the radar, trying to think they're too cool for school. But uh, and, and for the most part, it, it's safe enough. Yeah, I don't know, man. I I feel like that that whole thing was more of a thing in the '90s, right? I feel like it. Like I haven't heard of like, ooh, subliminal Disney messages in quite a while. They're part of the Illuminati. Um, so, oh yeah, one more video game thing to talk about. Uh, and this one was actually kind of a surprise. I had no idea this was going to be announced or that it was going to be a thing today. Um, you know, we kind of knew that there was going to be a look at Lego Star Wars and Squadrons today. But the other thing they announced is a expansion pack to The Sims 4 called Journey to Batuu. And uh, this is sort of the press release that EA released. In The Sims 4 Star Wars Journey to Batuu, players will leave their homes to travel to the planet of Batuu, where they will have to make a choice on which faction to work with, as the actions their Sims take will lead to control of the Black Spire Outpost. Sims can choose to support Ray and V. Morati as or Vi Morati as part of the resistance, pledge loyalty to the First Order under Kylo Ren, or shift their focus to gaining credits with Hondo Anaka and the Scoundrels. As Sims embark on exciting mission, they'll increase their reputation, unlock new artifacts and one of a kind clothing, customize their own droids, and create a coveted lightsaber. After players leave Batu and return home, they can even bring back some of these items, like their lightsaber, to enjoy with other Sims they've already created. And they had a nice little trailer for it. Uh, I gotta say, 
again this, look great yeah this is how you get me into the fucking sims man this is how you get me to play the sims the sims is fun uh i will say the most excited i was was seeing that you could renovate your house yeah in the in like star wars architecture yeah that got me super excited a really cool idea Maybe I just watch too much HGTV these days, but like, let me <laughs> reno, let me do a Star Wars reno. I would love it. There's a game you should check out. Like, if you're in HGTV, I got this game for Jesse on Steam that she got obsessed with for a little while called House Flipper. Oh, don't even. I would lose my life. So, like, in House Flipper, it's exactly what you think. You buy like a cheap starter house. You go in and demo and rebuild the house however you want. <laughs> New tile, carpet, you know, repaint, paint, clean, everything. Yep. And then yep. you sell it for a profit, buy another house, et cetera, et cetera. And you just build, 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 you know, larger, larger. And we were, we watched, a, saw a gameplay of it on YouTube. And I saw the twinkle in Jesse's eye. And I was like, do you want me to get that for you? You seem like you're kind of interested. And she was like, mm, I don't know. I don't want you to spend the money on it. So, you know, I get on Steam, I buy it for her, and then next thing I know, she's put like 60 hours in that game. Yeah, she oh definitely goodness. got into it. She's flipping mansions now, yeah, not yeah. just like single houses. <clears throat> and I think they might have brought that game out on console eventually, too. Um, But anyway, uh, you know, The Sims 4 has actually had Star Wars content in it for a little while now. Like, Jesse plays it occasionally and i know there's like different outfits you can put on your sims like in her game she made me and i'm wearing a boba fett outfit all the time oh that's cool and they have like a you know a, a princess leia outfit an x-wing pilot outfit you can get like a baby yoda so it's not a completely new concept to have like star wars tie-ins with the sims but to have a fully dedicated expansion pack is new and you best believe on september 8th when this comes out i'll be checking it out and i'll probably be streaming it twitch.tv slash blue harvest pod <clears throat> but i mean look if things hadn't gone to shit this year i would probably by this point well i we'd definitely be in california now and i would have either already been to galaxy's edge or i would be soon going to galaxy's edge so uh i guess this is the next best thing i'm gonna go in the sims i'm gonna make a lightsaber i'm gonna hang out with ray maybe do some smuggling for hondo and i'm gonna give the finger to kylo because i ain't joining the dark side yeah right but uh i'm pretty excited to check it out um i, I don't play this i played the sims earlier in its life but mm -hmm. i would this was, like you said, this is what would get me back into it. Being able to build my own Star Wars house, get out of town. Yeah, man. And I think uh, I think this is a cool idea. Now, apparently, I didn't look into it because I'm just... I made a, a pact with myself a long time ago that I, I'm not great at keeping, but I try to, is where you don't read the comments on stuff, right? Yeah. <laughs> but Jesse took a look at the comments on that reveal on Twitter. And apparently there were a lot of upset Sims fans that were not a fan of this idea. Um, and I guess 
maybe purists or just didn't want Star Wars in the game? Yeah, I think it was. Um, I, I think there was probably several angles that they took. Like, I'm sure there were people that were like, who wants this? Like, this isn't The Sims. Like, we don't want tie-ins with The Sims. And then there was a faction of people that were like, well, we want such and such instead of this. Why are you doing this when you haven't given us cars or whatever? You know what I mean? And I would, to that, I would say you get, you know, business goes where the money is. Yeah. And The Sims 4 is clearly very successful already because of the amount, like, they wouldn't be still developing expansions for it if people weren't buying them. You know what I mean? Right. And this is one of those things. If you're a hardcore Sims player and you don't want a Star Wars expansion pack, don't buy a Star Wars expansion pack. Right. That's the thing about expansion packs. They're optional. Yeah. <coughs> but anyway, uh, I'm excited for it. I'll check it out. You know what I mean? Like, it's more Star Wars video game content. This is what I want. I don't have to have a $60 AAA release. Yeah, exactly. But a little $20 expansion to The Sims 4, which we already own. I'll check that out. Maybe Absolutely. I won't like it. Maybe it won't be my thing, but whatever. It's Star Wars. It's new Star Wars video game content. I'm excited for it. Like you said, you didn't have to spend years of production over a AAA title mm -hmm. to play some fun little Star Wars. Yeah, this is the thing. Like, If I could get once every year or two a big Star Wars title, and then in between those releases, little things like this, I'd be real happy with that. I agree. But we'll see. We'll see how it turns out. That's all we really can do. Uh, I think that about does it for sort of Star Wars news this week, buddy. The one thing I'll ask is I saw an article titled about explaining why Palpatine could only be resurrected on Exegol. And I wasn't sure if you knew anything about that or maybe it just was crap. Well... This is the thing. I don't know that there's any new information out there that wasn't in the novelization. Okay. Or anything. So what you're starting to see, I've seen some of those pop up in different social media feeds. I'll tell you this, buddy. If if it's a we got this covered article or a screen rant article, just fucking pass it by. That's it. And I think it was a screen rant. Not and that's kind of what I felt like because I was like, I... This isn't always legit, and I need to ask cause. Yeah, and, and I'm not even saying it wasn't legit, but if I had to guess, they're just taking some section out of like the novelization of the book and being like, you know, making an article out of it. I see. If I had to guess, that's what's up. Um, Makes sense. Because, you know, and maybe I should just read the book because I would like that explanation. Well, I mean... So it's been a minute since I listened to the audio book, but I can give you the sort of brief rundown is that it was part of Palpatine's contingency plan. Basically, he kind of figured that some shit might go down with Vader, that it was a possibility. And he had research stations throughout the galaxy doing, you know, ooh, spooky dark side research type stuff. And one of those was trying to figure out how to um, 
transfer his spirit into like a clone body. Very, um, uh, almost dark, dark empire style. Right. Mm -hmm. And so at his moment, at the moment of his death and return of the Jedi, he transferred his essence to a clone body, but it wasn't, uh, a perfect clone of Palpatine. So they ran into a lot of issues with clone bodies breaking down and him having to transfer into other bodies and Sith fucking occult magic and shit. And that's why he wants to ultimately transfer into Rey. Because she is the perfect vessel. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure like King Tom could give us a much better explanation. So basically, the answer is because Exegol is where all his, where that's where his dark side bachelor pad laboratory was set up. Yeah, and I mean, you know, there may be some explanation of the significance of Exegol. Like, uh, you know, they kind of insinuate that it's the birthplace of the Sith and shit. The ancient alien <laughs> Sith hypothesis. So, you know, I'm sure it's all tied in with that, but. Like I said, King Tom would probably have a way better, more detailed explanation than what I just gave you. I he always you does. We'll we'll have it next week as well. What will happen? Yeah, he'll be like, "Hey, Halls and Will." So just I've wanted thinking, to let you know, fill you in. Yeah. Well, speaking of which, do you want to hear from King Tom and some of our other moisture farmer buddies? Uh, you know that I do. All right. Well, let's hear a quick song, quick quick little song break. Little ditty about guy and Kitty. <laughs> Uh, you know, he's got spina bifida, not Kia D. Mundy, uh, John um, Cougar. Yeah. John Mellencamp, John Cougar Mellencamp has spina bifida. I did not know that. Yeah. He's clearly got a, uh, quite a lesser case than me, but you know, way to go, John Cougar. All no. right. Here we go. Kia D. Kia D. Crash box Giddy Cockhead Running around slaying bitches with his cockhead He's a big Surian stud He loves to split chicks with his pud Giddy Cockhead To stroke his cone and suck on his balls Giddy Cockhead What you gonna do when he comes on you now? He's a Jedi Council stooge But he'll be plumping spooge tomorrow First up, we were just talking about him. It's our buddy King Tom. There can be only one. Hey there, Hawes and Will. You know, it's really been hitting home this week that we're not getting a celebration. And, you know, beyond all the stuff and things we would see, I think obviously what I'm going to miss most is not not seeing the people, not seeing my friends. And, uh, but I, so I can't really help but think of celebration this week. Um, and, you know, we 
DC had that FanDome event last week, and don't get me wrong, I'm very happy for DC fans because they deserve something like that. You know, pretty much every fandom deserves something like that. Although I can't help but think that if Star Wars were to do an event like that, that it would be more exciting, at least to me. Although, first of all, we already got all of the Star Wars announcements out of the way earlier this year, and Lucasfilm really doesn't do much of the way in in-progress things. We don't really see art, concept art anymore. We only see final trailers and behind-the-scenes stuff once we've already seen the trailers. But like I said, I've been thinking about Celebration, and I wanted to, you know, what if there was a Celebration this year, and, and someone at Lucasfilm finally realized the greatness that is Blue Harvest Podcast, and they came to you and they said, Hawes, we're going to give you a backstage pass, and we're going to hook you up so that you could interview one you know, producer slash director type of a movie, a TV show. It could be anything, even stuff that hasn't been made yet. You could interview one actor, and you could interview one writer. Who, who would you choose? And do you know any of the questions you would ask them? Uh, if it were me, uh, I would have a hard time choosing between Ryan Johnson and Taika Waititi. And obviously I would ask them about their future movies. As far as actors, I don't know. I, I would say maybe Ewan, uh, maybe Jimmy Smiths. I don't know. I'm not sure yet. Uh, because I wanted to be a... I mean, I think interviewing Daisy Ridley or John Boyega would be great. Uh, but I have a feeling right now they want to separate themselves from Star Wars for a little bit. And as far as authors, I'd go either Claudia Gray or Charles Sewell. Because um, I think they're both great. I think Star Wars has a bunch of really good writers right now. But I am curious as to what uh, what the official Blue Harvest picks would be. Anyway, uh, thank you. F thanks for making every week feel like celebration. Because just Blue Harvest is that awesome. Anyway, Aww. thanks for listening. Thanks for the great podcast. And I will talk with you later. Oh, dang. Thanks, buddy. So nice. Man, I would do anything to be hanging out with King Tom right about now, man. Right. Man. So many folks that I'm not going to get to see for like another two years, basically. It's a bummer. <clears throat> Anyways, um, I like this question. I do too. It's a thinker. I like this question as a hypothetical in actual, uh, in reality, this circumstance would make me so anxious. Will I was about to say you wouldn't have anything to say. I would do my best. You know what I mean? Like I, I would... I wouldn't take the I would opportunity. I make you write lightly. out questions beforehand oh, and yeah. ask them to me. Oh yeah. Well, you remember we did a, a small live show here in Birmingham, and you remember how much anxiety that gave me. Oh, dude. And this, we weren't talking to any fucking Star Wars luminaries. Um, you we, <laughs> right? We were talking to an empty auditorium full of people. Yeah, that's, full, uh, that's the an empty auditorium, not full of people. Yeah, there was a few people there. It wasn't completely empty. No, no, no. There was, some, you know, there were some good folks, but um, it wasn't a packed house. That, no, it was know. not. It was not. <coughs> Ample um, seating. Yeah, yeah. Just Social uh, distancing before it was recorded. <laughs> for real. For real. Ain't nobody getting COVID at that event. Um, so, I'm going to have to go with King Tom's idea of like, 
man, it's tough. Because part of me would want to go for like John Favreau. So I could grill him about the Mandalorian season two and yeah. Boba Fett. I tell you, I know it would be Dave Filoni. And like a poor little fanboy, I would probably ask him mostly about his time with Uncle George and what those conversations are like. Yeah. And that would be unfair to Dave Filoni. Because he's answered I, those questions a billion times. He has, you know, but I think he might enjoy talking to me about them. You know, because I would be as excited about to hear about what he has to say. You know, he he's close to the source and he himself is a wealth of knowledge about all that kind of stuff. And I would probably being a fan of animation myself, you know, there's a lot in there that I think we would we would be able to talk about. <clears throat> yeah, I can totally see that. So Dave Filoni or John Favreau as related to the Mandalorian season two, that would be tough to pass up. However, it would also be tough to pass up either Ryan Johnson or Taika Waititi because right. I'm so interested in where Star Wars is headed, the future of Star Wars movies. And that would be, but I also feel like either one of those guys, considering how far out we are from the next Star Wars movie, wouldn't have a ton to say or would be pretty cagey about what they could say. You know, so that would maybe not be the best choice for me. Because, yeah. like, I'm like, hey, what are you doing with the next Star Wars movie? Oh, well, you know, we're working on it now, trying to figure out what that's going to be. Okay, cool. Um, You think Boba Fett's dead? Like, you know what I mean? So I might have to go with, like, <coughs> Favreau, Filoni. Um, to me, Favreau would be super cagey, but would probably be the most fun and mysterious to talk to. Yeah, but I feel like I could also, like, be like, hey, man, uh, what's your favorite kind of taco? And he'd be like, I don't know, man, uh, such and such. I'd be like, cool. Is Boba Fett alive? Who, I don't know, man. Who was like, walking at the end of that episode of The Mandalorian? John Favreau was quite the chef. I know. I mean, he got into it for that movie, Chef. I believe, and like the man knows his food. I know that's world. what I'm saying. That's how I, you know, that's how I sneak in. You know, that's what I, I like. I, I open the door a little bit with. I'm like, you know, what, what you, th what you think about chorizo tacos? I really want chorizo tacos right now. So, made by Jean Favreau. Ba boom. I mean, yeah, that'd be great. But, buddy, I would just drive down to the taco truck down the street. And be just as happy with those tacos. Bring him a styrofoam container of chorizo tacos. Fuck yeah, man. Half a lime on the side. <laughs> give me three limes. Give me two cups of that green sauce. And give me about 48 hours to get over the stomach pain. Because I'm going to be stuffing myself with chorizo tacos. <clears throat> um, uh, who was... Oh, actor. Actor or actress? Oh... Mm. Uh, it's a tough one. I mean, the big names come to mind. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I would most want to talk to Harrison Ford, but Harrison oh. Ford would probably least want to talk to me. Yeah. Right? Like, he would be the one most willing, wanting to end the interview as quickly as possible. <coughs> yeah. So in my mind, I'm like, who could I convince to hang out with me maybe after the interview and have some drinks and, you know, laugh and joke around? And like Mark Hamill, maybe Mark Hamill seems like he would be a cool guy to find in the hotel bar Yeah, and uh, shoot the shit with. 
um, Donald Faison would oh, okay. be cool. Okay. Um, Voice actor. I like that. Uh, D. Bradley Baker. That would be hours of entertainment. <laughs> just asking him and joking around. And maybe as he had more drinks and got looser, he would do voices for me. Um, uh, I, Yeah, like, of course, talking to Harrison Ford, in theory, would be cool. But like you said, that shit could go south real quick. I don't he think would Harrison want me Fu- to be, you know, um, the entertainment tonight level rapid fire questions, get him in and out. Like, yeah, I think he would tire of my shenanigans in about 30 seconds. He'd be like, do you think this is funny? And I was like, I, I did. Now I don't, but, uh, you can go back to flying your airplane. Um, yeah, the actors one is kind of tough. Like Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, Oscar Isaacs would be cool. They ain't going anywhere near oh, a celebration for a no. second. Oh no! But Carrie Fisher would oh, be that would have been dot com. That would be so much fun. <laughs> yeah, that would have been. She the would one. be so funny and so cool. Yeah, yeah, and and yeah, man. I think that's the answer. Like if it, in a world of limitless possibilities, that would have been my answer. Ewan would be real cool. Hayden, I wouldn't mind talking to Hayden. Oh Christensen. yeah, he'd be cool. Yeah, man. Um, Tamora Morrison. Tamora Morrison. That's exactly what I was about to say. I'd be like, so, what's it like uh, coming back to play Boba Fett? Do you think Boba Fett's dead? Again, on the Han Solo level, uh, Samuel L. Jackson. But I think he would be like Harrison Ford. He would be. His time is very valuable. You know, he would not be wanting to sit there and bullshit with me and joke and carry on. Tell me about his experience on Star Wars. I think Warwick Davis would be fun. Oh, that would be great. You know what He's I mean? such a good guy. He seems yeah. like such. I mean, I've never met the man, but he seems like I met him briefly. An incredibly good guy. Incredibly humble. He seems like he'd have great stories. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. <coughs> Writers. He's very talented. Um, I you know I don't know the writers that well. Yeah. I can say. The one author that springs to mind immediately would be like Timothy Zahn. Yeah. It'd be cool to talk to him about the Thrawn trilogy. So the cool thing. And all of Star Wars. The cool thing about talking to Timothy Zahn would be like asking him about what it was like writing Star Wars EU fiction. Before there was a. Yeah. During the Wild West of that where like there were way less, you know, restrictions and things like that. Where that you would shoot be cool. From the hip. Uh, I agree with with King Tom about Claudia Gray. Like she's done a lot of really good Star Wars stuff. Charles Sewell would be cool because he's sort of kicking off the High Republic book series or the you know well, that would that would be neat. And once again, I'm so fascinated by what the future of Star Wars is going to be that like picking his brain about that would be cool. Granted. He is just one of many people working on that project. So any of them would be really cool to talk about. I would, talk I would use my writer pick as Ryan Johnson. Oh, so specifically you specifically okay. the writing aspect of where he would go. <laughs> I like that. All right. Um, let's hear from Utah. Uh, uh, Dougie. Dougie. Here he comes. 
Osnwell, this is Dougie. The other night, my wife um, gathered up all the kids and was taking them for school shopping for new shoes and clothes. And I said that I felt a great disturbance in my bank account as if millions of dollars were suddenly withdrawn. And she said, what does that mean? And I was like, let me explain this to you. And I explained oh, the Star no. Wars scene, and they all just kind of looked at me and left. And so I went back down to my basement and continued working on my my man theater. Anyways, is there any uh, funny stories um, of you having to Star Wars explain things to people? Um, I just thought it was really funny. And I laughed really hard, but nobody else really did. Anyways, I know uh, a lot of my Blue Harvest buddies will have plenty of Star Wars explaining to do. <coughs> Anyways, love the podcast. Check you later. Oh, man. Um, I don't know that I've really done that a whole lot. Because I try to kind of avoid <laughs> being the guy that's like, well, actually... Um. Okay, so I don't know that I, quote unquote, Star Wars splained in this situation, but shortly after I moved to Birmingham, a coworker, or a, not even a coworker, a guy that I worked in the same area as, set me up on a blind date with a friend of his. Right. Um. Okay. And we went out on a date, one date only. Uh, I drove and picked her, uh, you know, I went and picked her up, and she wanted to go out and get a couple of drinks. So we did that. I had a couple of drinks. She had a couple of a couple of a couple of drinks. (laughs) She had a couple of bottles of liquor. (laughs) And then, you know, we're talking, and she's asking me about my tattoos, and I, you know, I explain like, well, I've got a bunch of Star Wars tattoos on one of my legs. And I show it to her and she's like, that's so cool. And she's like, there's Yoda and Darth Vader. And, you know, and I'm like, yep. And she goes, where's Mr. Spock? Oh, that's unfortunate. And, you know, like, I'm not like, you dumb bastard. I'm just like, oh, that's Star Trek, not Star Wars. And then... When the when she was ready to go home, I was driving her home, and she threw up in the floorboard of my car. Strike two. Um, and that was that for that. That was it for that. Dropped her yeah. off home, and uh, neither one of us heard from the other person. It wasn't even because of the Star Wars thing. It's more because of the uh, large quantity of hot pink vomit Mom. that was in my floorboard. <laughs> Of my Corolla. Um, oh, the Corolla. Oh, man, I miss that car. <laughs> I love Not that, that floorboard, car. but that car. Yeah, well, I mean, that floor mat, it had to get sacrificed to the vomit gods, but... Yeah, right. Made for a funny story. Man. I I tend, you know, I this may be poor of me, but I tend to leave the Star Wars inside jokes to the people that will get them. Uh, but I must... Uh, commend Utah Dougie for uh, his use. That's I like that one. Use. Yeah, that's a good adaptation and perfectly delivered and very appropriate. Um, 
I would be impressed with that if I heard it in real life. Uh, and moreover, between you and I, there was a time when you and I did Jar Jar quotes. All like, the time. All the time. Stubble. Like, I spay. Stubble. Yeah. We would know. say that about, mm, if we got started on stubble, stubble, yeah. we would do it that would... hundreds of times in an evening. Yeah. Um. Okay, so this isn't Star Wars splaining, but this was a time when someone tried to use my Star Wars knowledge to be a douche. And this is someone we both don't like. Okay? Okay. Do you remember? Well, of course you remember this person. This is someone who we lived with back in the Starkful days. Yeah. Who you did the... Uh, what Treasure Island black spot to? Oh, I feel so bad about that. Well, anyway. I carry a lot of guilt about that. One night, we're all hanging out at this house. This is before you lived there. <clears throat> Partying, and this guy invited a couple of girls over to the house. And he was trying hardcore to basically impress either one of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And through a... Go ahead. They, when when girls come in <clears throat> like twos like that, you're almost guaranteed to strike out because neither one of them is going to desert the other. No, and neither were clearly interested in this dude. It was hardly there was hardly a circumstance where someone was. Um, but throughout the course of the night, it came out that one of them was a Star Wars fan, and uh. You know, we were sort of talking about Star Wars, like as a group, not just me and this lady. Right. And uh, this guy, Fred, we'll call him, not his real name. Yeah. Fred decides he's going to, he's recently seen the, what was that fucking puppet dog? Riot the Insult comic dog, you remember him? Yeah, it's not Riot. It's um, Triumph. Triumph Riot. Um, he had this skit where he was like... Um, this is cool for me to poop on. Right, but he had this thing where he went uh, to the line for like maybe the Phantom Menace on opening night and was like insulting all the people in the line, right? Right, right. <clears throat> so Fred decides he's going to start asking me Star Wars trivia. And he goes... What was the substance uh, that Han Solo was frozen in at the end of Empire Strikes Back? And I go to say carbonite, and before I can get it out of my mouth, he goes, the answer is, who gives a shit? <laughs> Trying to seem super cool. You know what I mean? Like, just a yeah. douche move. Um, and Knowing that he himself knew the answer and right. enjoyed star Wars just as much as the rest. And of he literally got that full bit from that triumph segment. Complete, where, complete 100%. Yeah. It's lift. not, it's not even like he came up with it on his own. He just stole that shit. I'll tell you this. My dad used to use star Wars quotes on me to a very uh, high level of effectiveness. And uh, I'll probably do the same with my kids, but uh, they were always Obi Wan Kenobi quotes. Like, I we would talk, you know, I would say something 
in reference to violence or, you know, fighting somebody or kicking their some dude's ass or fighting my brother or something like that. And my dad would be like, there are all our alternatives to fighting. Uh, now, see, that's good. Would, that's, that's good parenting to me. Yeah. You know, my dad would use Ghostbusters quotes, not for parenting reasons. Like he just liked to drop Ghostbusters quotes. Dad's a big Ghostbusters guy. That's cool. Liam would love your dad. Heck yeah. Um, all right. Next up, we have a voicemail from Jim. Good evening, Halls and Will. First, I wanted to cover Dougie's question. My best guess to make that happen with the lightsaber to your light switch would be put a driver or ballast in between uh, the wherever the power is coming out and into the lightsaber. It's got to go through this driver that will downgrade it from 120 down to like 24 volts or 12 volts whatever the lightsaber runs on you got to look that up but i would fully count on destroying that lightsaber by accident you know like rest if you're willing to risk it you know i mean even if you do it right that you could still totally fry that thing but uh anyway guys i was thinking about well first i was thinking about magnets uh in hot toys and they already use them for like inexchangeable parts so they already have got you know a good idea with magnets what if they installed uh they you can make things float with magnets wouldn't it be awesome to have a cool luke skywalker uh hot toy and he's got this magnet placed in a certain way and then his lightsaber's got a little reverse magnet opposite poles and it floats there and just you know you look over in your room oh there's luke over there still using the force still putting that uh lightsaber together with the force, whatever but uh would you dig that and my question is about the speed of star wars um do you think they could slow it down um obviously rise of skywalker was way way fast-paced um and the Last Jedi was a great speed, but it's still not as, as some youngins say New Hope, you know, is slow. Empire is slow. Uh, and I don't agree, but I love the speed and the, the calm points in those movies. And you think we can't do it today, but Blade Runner 2049, I think it was called, uh, was fantastic. I love the original. I love the new one. And somehow they just kept going with the same speed from uh, the original and I think they pulled it off great so what do you guys think of how they are all right ignite the green thanks Jim man thank I thank you for your technical answer because I knew I knew you know he would have something to say like something I know nothing about <laughs> right now um I love his idea for sort of the magnetic feature in some collectibles. There's so many cool stuff you could do with that, right? Now, there are some things that exist. So, like, I think there's, like, um, sort of, uh, like, a little miniature Darth Vader helmet that's got a magnetic base that, like, the helmet floats above. I think they've done that with, like, a Death Star model. So they have incorporated it before. Like... I uh, cool ones that immediately sprang to my mind when he was talking about it, um, like a little statue, like Yoda on the rock. Yes, and then yes. Luke doing the handstand and all the rocks around him floating via magnetism. Oh, dude, 
Yoda levitating the X-Wing out of the swamp. Oh, that would be cool. And also uh, the scene where he's do he's got the blast shield over his eyes and he's fighting the training remote. If you could suspend the training remote with magnetism, that There's would be cool. There's a lot of cool things they could do with that. Like even just a series of different sort of floating Star Wars ship <clears throat> models. You right. know what I mean? X-Wings, TIE Fighters, etc., etc. There's a lot of cool shit they could do. Um, you could even have them, like, let's say you could have the magnet in the base that kind of rotated so that it spun the thing that was suspended in the air as it gently pushed the poles around. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, now, as far as the pace and speed of Star Wars, I definitely think there's room for something a little more slow and deliberately paced. I will tell you my take on this and you can pick it apart. Um, I think, you know, you know, some, some of the older star Wars movies, the original trilogy, a lot of that is character development, right? Mm -hmm. A lot of it is character driven with peppered with the appropriate amount of action. Now I feel like the sequel trilogy was aimed at being, you know, blockbusters, like it wasn't aimed at, I guess, maybe this one original guy's overall opera, you know, space opera. They were specifically designed and aimed at being holiday mega movie theater blockbuster nonstop action fests. And yeah. now... Um, so and while they are character driven still, I, I feel like a more character driven story can take a pace that's not necessarily as breakneck as some of these more blockbusters ones have felt like. So I feel like you're you're definitely on to something with that, but I don't know that it was necessarily uh, a move by any of the creatives or Lucasfilm or Disney or whatever to create it to be necessarily like a certain blockbustery type tone as more it was the force awakens comes out and that movie fucking moves once it gets going it hardly slows down right. and i think that's more of just jj abrams directorial style you know and i think right. we saw that to the fucking 10th degree in the rise of skywalker <clears throat> um but I would say, like, Rogue One, it's a slower-paced movie. It's got plenty of action, but compared to the rest that have come out, I feel like it's maybe more of the pace that Jim is talking about. Maybe. <clears throat> um, it really just depends. Like, I think, you know, with The Force Awakens coming out and sort of setting the tone for the trilogy, I think that's sort of what it did. And just movie-making in general be it blockbuster or whatever smaller scale movie so different than it was in the 70s and the 80s you right know? so yeah, I, making movies isn't the same as it was then is mm -hmm. basically my right my answer so i i think you could do something like that and then like i think his example of blade runner 2049 is a really great example but you're working on a sequel to a movie that it's emulating. You know what I mean? So like it's right. sort of matching the pace and style of the original movie to a degree. 
And the other thing you got to keep in mind is as good of a movie as Blade Runner 2049 is, and it is very good, it did not do super well. And did not, not at the box. No. And that's unfortunate because it is such a good movie. But when you're dealing with a large studio system, sometimes they'll see something like that and figure, well, then that's not what people want. Whether that's the case or not. I'm not agreeing with it, but, you know. <clears throat> um, and I guess we just got to wait and see. Like, I think when you look at, like, Thor Ragnarok and sort of put yourself in that mindset. Because, you know, Taika Waititi is doing the next Star Wars movie, right? Right. So if we're looking at Thor Ragnarok and sort of putting that through a Star Wars lens, you know, you're probably looking at something a little faster paced. Although there were some good character moments. I don't know, man. It's hard to say. I'm not like a, uh, a, f- a fucking professor of film cinematography yeah so filmography i do think that we could get to something a little closer to that but i do i kind of also think that it's just going to sort of evolve with the times and uh you know you don't have star wars being produced at what is essentially sort of an independent level with george lucas overseeing the whole thing so you're you're probably going to get more stuff that's similar to other things that are being produced at the same time, is if I had to guess. Uh, but I'd love to be wrong. Yeah. All right. We got one email, and then we'll call it an evening. This is from our buddy Kyler. Hey, Halls and Will. Your friend from Florida, Kyler, writing in again. Some had some hypotheticals to throw... Bu- so I had some hypotheticals to throw to you. Me and my coworkers at work were discussing about the Rebel sequel possibilities, and we stumbled upon Ahsoka and her staff. He was saying maybe it's like Zeb's staff thing, that there's a blaster or energized weapon in it. Then it got my mind grapes flowing, and I had an instant thought of maybe she imbued it with Kyber. So essentially, it's a mage staff like Gandalf or Saruman. She did say she is no Jedi, maybe. She is a new type of Force practitioner altogether. And my second and final thought was, for the 15th anniversary of Revenge of the Sith, they could remake it in the animation style of Clone Wars Season 7. Maybe bring in all the voice actors of the series to reprise their roles. Maybe also add extended scenes to tie in the series to the movie, kind of like the movie. Well, sorry for the long email, but hey, congrats, Will, on the new baby, Glad everything went well in these trying times. May the force be with all of us. Um, there's probably something up with Ahsoka's staff. I think it would be neat if her both her lightsabers were in there. So, like, instead of carrying them on her, you know, they. I mean, it's cool if she's got her lightsabers on her too. But like, she put them in the staff as like safekeeping and mm-hmm. so she uses the staff until she has to go full throttle and like bust it open and full pull the throttle. lightsabers out of it. Yeah, I kind of like the idea of them being separate and his idea of it being like a mage's staff whether it's got a kyber crystal in it or something. 
Like it would be real cool if that it would be out, cool. Turned out to be some kind of like force artifact that, that helps her across. focus her energy or meditation or something. Yeah. I could be real down with that. Anytime yeah, I'm down. that Star Wars veers further into the fantasy side of sci science. Right. Sci- We've fantasy, talked about this. Like, the more mysticism you give me with Star yeah. Wars, the more down I am. <laughs> yeah, the more excited I get. I really love when they do shit like it's that. It's one of the reasons I love The Last Jedi so much. Yeah. Um, and now, I've seen people sort of toss around the idea of an animated version of uh, The Rise of Skywalker. Or not The Rise of Skywalker. Um, Revenge of the Sith. And I do think that's cool. Uh and it's definitely a cool idea if they did something like that that sort of tied in some of the end moments of the Clone Wars with it and stuff. But I just don't know. For one, it would be weird for them to do a one-off. You know what I mean? Like, to just do Revenge of the Sith. So you just have this weird animated version of a movie we already got floating around out there. Sort of on I don't its know. own. I agree, but... It is the it is in my mind one of the Star Wars movies that sticks out that requires the most exposition on the front and back ends. I get that because you have Attack of the Clones, which starts off the Clone Wars, and then you have Revenge of the Sith, which ends the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. And talk about, I mean, you could have a whole limited series, you know, that really delves into partially what Anakin Obi-Wan are up to during the Clone Wars and then some more in-depth of, you know, the thing, the fall of Anakin, the rise of Darth Vader. Instead, you know, and we got all of that, you know, basically. But it just feels so brief for how heavy it it is emotionally. It feels brief cinematically. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, I totally get it. Um and I, I guess my point is that between the movies and Clone Wars, like I feel like I've got the complete package at this point. You know what I mean? Yeah, but that's... I mean, I get it. You're right. I get it. And like I don't... But Clone Wars doesn't seem aimed at... Yeah. I guess I just... It's so much of its own thing, right? Clone Wars is so much of its own its own beast that the last season really weaves it into Revenge of the Sith it really smoothly but almost forcibly. Does that make sense? Yeah, but I also feel like that's sort of the nature of the beast. If you're going to do a, a series about the Clone Wars in between episode two and three... Like your your two choices are you end the series before episode the events of episode three, or you have to find some way to weave it in. And they did it well so well that it doesn't really bother me. It doesn't bother me, but when you watch Revenge of the Sith, you're you're sitting there thinking, Oh, well, he just got done talking to Ahsoka. Like and you're like, why couldn't they show the Ahsoka parts? Well, because she didn't exist then. Like they right. had to weave that in there. Right. And I, and I get that, but that's also part of the reason I like it. You know what I mean? Is it, it does a good job, which doesn't always happen in Star Wars. Like the answer, quote unquote, I, you know, 
not taking anything away from Clone Wars, but the material outside of the movies doesn't always enhance the movies in a super cool way to me. You know, they do it well sometimes and not so well other times. But Clone Wars, to me, is an instance of where it worked really well for me. Um, And I guess, like, I'm just okay with those three movies and Clone Wars as its own sort of super long, now 100-plus episodes and, you know, three two-hour-plus movies, but its own super long story. Um, And, like, we're talking about where Rebels is going. So you've you've kind of written Ahsoka out of the corner, right? She's not a Jedi, so she can survive the Jedi Purge. Now, that I understand, but I still... So how does Ahsoka meet her end? Like, Oh, I mean, that's a story... Do we just assume that she's still around, you know? I mean, I know a lot of people want to say just because you heard her voice at the end of the Rise of Skywalker means that she's not dead at that point, but I think that means she is. And, like, I'm not going to lie, if she's not by that point... It's a little silly. Like, it's okay for a character's story to wrap up and for them to die. You know? Like, no character lives forever. Uh, as beloved as they may be. So, like... And the Mandalorian takes place after Return of the Jedi, right? Mm-hmm. So we know she survives past Return of the Jedi. Well, the epilogue of Rebels takes place after, after Return, Return of the, of the Jedi. Jedi. So we know well, she's... so. But you're talking a 30-year period in between Return of the Jedi and and The Force Awakens. There's a lot of adventures Ahsoka can go on before she meets her end, you know? Where I was going with this was it would have been poetically appropriate for her to meet her end at the hands of Darth Vader, right? Like, that would have been the great tragedy of the whole of it. But that's not going to happen, and we know that doesn't happen. Yeah, so it just kind of leaves open when, what's going to happen. When the uh, season two finale of Rebels originally aired, I 100% agreed with you. I felt like it was kind of a missed opportunity to not end Ahsoka's story there. But the We wouldn't prospect, have gotten everything we have. Yeah, the prospect of... And are going to get. Yeah. So... Th- the way they sort of explained it in Rebels and now having her out searching with for Ezra with Sabine and, you know, looks like she's going to show up in Mandalorian and maybe even get her own series, that's cool to me. Like, that is a good use of... Or, or th- th- that's a good way to rectify not using what I originally thought would have been the right path to take, right? So right. I'm okay with it. But I do, I mean, I, I think there's some really cool opportunities that opens up for the, that 30-year gap in between. Well, ones you've already kind of taken advantage of because, so you've got Yoda, right, who is obviously Jedi Master Hermit. But you also have Maz Kanata, mm-hmm. who is a Force-sensitive <laughs> wizard who is not a hermit. No. Is uh, quite obviously a raucous bar owner, you know, so you have the potential for these other 
Force-sensitive wizards. I say wizards. Monks is probably a better... Yeah, and, like, one of the opportunities... That aren't necessarily Jedi. One of the opportunities that I think has to be explored at some point is Ahsoka meeting Luke. Probably post-Return of the Jedi. And can you imagine the cool story opportunities with that? Ahsoka telling Luke about Anakin? Like, this will be somebody besides Obi-Wan and besides Yoda who kept the truth from Luke to sort of steer him towards their own, like the path they wanted him to go on. But this is someone they could, he could talk about his dad with who could give him some real insight, some real cool stories about the And doesn't shit. care about what the Jedi have in mind for his future. Exactly. And well, and by this point, if it's post return of the Jedi, that's all done and dusted. Like, uh, Darth Vader is gone. So, like, that can be all put aside. And he, she can just, you know, sort of fill him in on what Anakin was like when he was on the light side. You know, right. something that Luke didn't get much experience with at all. So there is plenty of cool things they can explore. And to me, it's sad that, you know, so we get Force Ghost Anakin at the end of Return of the Jedi that Luke sees. Mm-hmm. But the assumption is from there on that that Anakin's Force Ghost doesn't speak to him again. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you can. I think you can make either episode. You can go either way, obviously. Yeah, but I would that's love definitely not addressed. I would love some sort of post Return of the Jedi story, be it a comic or whatever, that touches on that. Because I would actually assume that he did talk to Anakin or converse with Anakin. Um, I mean, the way. At some point. The Last Jedi makes it seem as that he hasn't force communed with anybody since. Yeah, well, so I would assume Obi Wan, you know, since that party, since that great, that great galactic party. See, I just assumed um, that he hadn't communicated with Yoda because that's who we have as an example since he cut himself off from the Force, you know. And when he opens himself up to the Force in The Last Jedi, like Yoda shows up pretty quickly, right? The ghost of Yoda. Um, I do. I feel like he doesn't show up until he tries to burn the. That's when he. But but that's not long after he opens himself back up to the Force. So Luke goes to his meditation rock. He touches it. He opens up his himself to the Force to communicate with Leia. Leia reaches out to him. You know. Like while she's in her um, healing state or whatever. And then he goes to Ray, finds Ray and Kylo hanging out through the force bond. He flips out and blows up the hut, has his confrontation with Ray, and she leaves. And then when she leaves is when he goes to burn the tree. So relatively not that long. Like... Yoda waits until the opportune time, but it's it's pretty shortly after he opens himself back up to the Force. <clears throat> um, but like you're saying, we have no explanation on that. So it could go either way. I guess I just assumed that it had only been the period of time since Luke cut himself off from the Force. Right. However many 
years that's been since the destruction of the temple, Kylo going to the dark side, etc., etc. So, um, wow, we get, we meandered off that email we did. quite a bit. Um, I think when it comes down to though, as far as animation goes, I would kind of prefer them to just use their budget and creativity on new stories. It, for it makes the most sense. You know, it's the path of least resistance and the one where you don't have to shoehorn things. You know, like I feel, I feel like that's just easiest for them. Does that make sense? Well, easiest and probably, I, I mean, in my opinion, the best use of their resources. Yeah. Like, why re-bother to, why bother retelling Revenge of the Sith animated when we could get brand new stories that we haven't seen yet, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So. <clears throat> well, that's going to do it for us tonight, buddy. Thanks for recording with me. Oh, dude. Thanks for having me on. Um, man, it would have been neat if we were talking about a Mandalorian trailer. Wouldn't it have been? It'll be here before we know it, I'm sure. It's just... I was convinced after the fake out last week that this week would be the one. And uh, probably tomorrow. Probably tomorrow. Probably. Well, anyways, guys, if you haven't already, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. We've been stalled out at 202 reviews for a little bit. So uh, help us out. We really appreciate it. It helps other people find the show. And, uh grows the moisture farmers um if you enjoy our theme song please be sure to check out the band that was kind enough to provide the music they're stoned cobra you can find them on itunes spotify and at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com and until next week this has been blue harvest and i'm halls burkhart and i'm will Witten. may the force be with you may the force be with all of you may the force be with us